Critical Transfer, Chapter 1 Oblivious to the clouds forming in the west, Peter Barrett sat reading the Times on his patio, which was situated on an outcropping thirty steps below the hillside from his palatial home. His property was the original site of the Lookout Mountain Inn, built by renowned developer Charles Mann, and set atop a prominent precipice that overlooked much of Hollywood and the Los Angeles Basin. The inn had burned down in 1920 and was replaced several years later with Peter's English Tudor home. It was now completely surrounded by shrubs and flora that had grown unhindered for decades and seemed to drape over the steep canyon walls in brilliant hues of red, yellow, or purple depending on the season. From a distance the home seemed to be perched majestically at the pinnacle of Laurel Canyon and appeared to be the regal crown of the community. The surrounding hills were heavily wooded and had remained a trendy spot for the Nouveau Riche for more than 100 years. The home was just a stone's throw from Hollywood, and the view of Los Angeles from this vantage point was magnificent. But this morning Peter did not notice the panorama. The breeze from the canyon rustled the morning paper, blowing the article closer to his face and beckoning him to continue reading. During the night, a story had broken that would change his life forever. He was innocent of the charges that the Los Angeles Times reported, but he knew there was no chance of convincing anyone of that now. There it was, pictures, names, and even a copy of the transfer documents and his signature. And it was a signature. There was no denying that. He had bought into the transfer with his eyes wide open, or at least he had thought. Looking down from the expansive window in their bedroom, Linda watched her husband. The sun reflected from the pool and shimmered in bright flickers of light onto Peter, who didn't seem to notice. She watched as the picturesque fronds and the palm trees closest to the cliff shifted about as the stiff breeze rolled over the canyon walls. He meant more to her now than when they had first fallen in love. She looked at him and then to the dark clouds in the distance. She almost could hear them whispering that they were an omen of things to come. Less than an hour before, an unnerving call from her father had awakened her. The apprehension she felt had been a combination of coming out of a deep sleep and her father's urgent, angry tone as he spoke. She knew he was calling from his limousine. Linda, this is your father. I know, Daddy. What are you calling me so early? Is Mother all right? Where is that son-of-a-bitch husband of yours, he said angrily. Son-of-a-bitch? What are you talking about, she said, matching his tone. I'm talking about Peter. That's who I'm talking about. I suppose my naive daughter doesn't have a clue as to the trouble he's in. Daddy, calm down and tell me what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. You want to know what's going on? Just take a look at the front page of the morning paper. Then you'll find out, along with the rest of the world, what he's been up to while he's been screwing the both of us. Dad, please stop it. Don't dad me. Your husband has milked me and my company for more than $70 million. Did you hear me? $70 million. There's no way I'll pull out of this one. Your mother and I are going to go bankrupt, and the scandal. When I get my hands on him, I'll kill him. I knew from the moment I met him that he was out for my money. I just let him into the company against my better judgment, if you remember. And now he's taken me for everything I'm worth. I've been so stupid, I even trusted him enough to give him access to our financial accounts. All because he's your husband. He must have laughed like hell when I made him vice president. He waited until I gave him authority, and now he's screwed me to the wall. Dad, oh, Dad, I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me what's going on. What did he do? What's in the newspaper? What does this have to do with Peter, she said frantically. One of my night auditors called me at three o'clock this morning. A reporter had called him to see if he knew any more about the story that was appearing in the Morning Times. 
He told the reporter he didn't know anything about it. Then the reporter told him that $70 million for my company, my company, had been used by a terrorist organization to buy missiles and asked him how it felt to work for us. Thank God he was smart enough to call me immediately. I'm damn lucky I didn't have a heart attack. When I calmed him down, he told me what the reporter said. What article? What does it say? It says your damn husband is a terrorist. That's what it says. Dad, please, I still don't know what you're talking about. The transfer, aren't you listening? He interrupted. One of the reporters received a document proving that a transfer of funds was made from our corporate account to a government account in Cuba. There were other papers in Spanish suggesting that Cuba was in negotiations with a terrorist organization in the Middle East to purchase medium-range guided missiles with our corporate funds. That part may or may not be true, as even I wouldn't think Peter would stoop so low. It didn't state what the $70 million would be used for, but the implications were there. There was a long silence. Linda, those missiles have a range of about 1,800 miles. That's far enough to reach Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and New York City.